All right, welcome to Techler Talk 7. There is like no big highlight news for us. And we asked you guys last time to leave topic ideas and we didn't get many. So uh, if you want to see more topics covered that we discuss between amongst between amongst ourselves, um, just let us know. And so we're just going to turn on our video now and go through some different things that have come up in the last couple of weeks. And we'll timestamp it down in the description so you can follow along across different discussions we have today. Have you heard of uh, the the Blue Sky stuff that just launched? I have you looked did. into that at all? I haven't looked into it. I was following Blue Sky back when they announced it, and I was always curious behind the idea because it's like directly what Twitter isn't, and that's when Jack was still <laughs> right. CEO of Twitter. So I was really confused by the whole concept of it, and now it makes sense that Jack dropped Twitter and now is just focusing on this. But yeah, did you look into it? I, I looked into it a little bit, um, but I... Didn't get. I was on their waitlist like when they first launched it, but I didn't get an invite, so I haven't tried it out or anything. Um, but I've just been looking into how it works, and there's not a lot of details out right now. Um, is Jack still involved with that? Do you know? I think so. I think he is. I think Jack is still involved with Blue Sky. Let me double check that. I don't really that. understand how that all worked out because I thought Blue Sky was like a part of Twitter, like it would have been purchased in the acquisition, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. This article yeah. on Nine to Five Max says that. He's been working on Blue Sky since leaving Twitter, though, so it seems like he's involved. Yeah, interesting. I just hope that... So we saw the Facebook one. Mm -hmm. Facebook just announced internally that they're working on their own decentralized thing, Yeah, probably because of the Blue Sky I think Sky that was just to cause... throw some water on Blue Sky over here. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we're doing this too. Just like everyone's doing the chat GPT. It's just, they yeah. announced chat GPT, and Google's like, oh, we're working on something too. <laughs> exactly. And <everyone's> like, Facebook. <laughs> so... It's funny to see that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just hope that these all work together, right? Like, right. I hope this... Does, does Blue Sky... Is it supposed to integrate with ActivityPub so you can use it with Mastodon? I don't think so. I think it's... They went with their own, like, protocol. I don't know. I think they call it the at protocol or something. It's like an ActivityPub alternative. I think they... There are some reasons they didn't want to use ActivityPub. I think the main one was because account migration on ActivityPub is kind of spotty, which we've talked about before, I think. Um, it's it's a tricky problem to solve, and I think that they're trying to solve that with um, Blue Sky. I don't know exactly how it works. Um, but it's kind of weird that... It's still kind of weird that they went their own way instead of trying to, like, improve existing standards. I don't know. Yeah, you know... You know, like the brain memes where like the brain gets bigger. I think like the top of it, so like the least, the least brain is like centralized service, then a little bit bigger brain, decentralized service, bigger brain, decentralization of decentralized services. Because <laughs> that's like what we're seeing here. We have like ActivityPub, Facebook's like, we're just going to build our own decentralized world, though it is supposed to work with ActivityPub if they ever release that, which I doubt they ever will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Blue Sky's not supposed to. So it's, it's, it's a mess. I, I'd like to fast forward in five years to see if there's like any any space that's that's made up in this realm so that everything works a little bit cleaner. But about two days ago marks a month since I supposedly requested a refund from Purism. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you heard anything those, since then? <laughs> no. So for those who don't know, Purism finally, about five or six weeks ago, I believe, um, reached out to ship my Librem 5, which I've waited over three years for, um, which is crazy. And I, so by the way, I requested a refund a long time ago and they denied the refund saying they have to wait for my device to ship to give me a refund. 
which doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> we're just going to act like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, my device was ready to ship, and I said I want a refund, just like they said I should do a long time ago. My guess is they think that once people are about to get their device, they're just going to pass on the refund because then the device is ready. Yeah. But I wasn't going to let that happen. I paid for that phone with my own money. wasn't like a review unit or anything like that. And I'm not going to give money to a company that treated that whole situation. But <laughs> they said, we're going to pass your details along to the finance team. I haven't heard from them in a month now. So we're going to count the, the days for them to give me a refund. Yeah. Do you think it's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. And I don't even know how it's going to happen because it's been so many years now. I actually changed banks. The, the the method of payment that I used to pay for this phone doesn't exist anymore. So I, I don't know if they're going to need me to give them new like bank information to refund me. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's it's like actually crazy how messy the situation is over there. I, I like what Pine64 is doing. I want to see Linux phones do well, but what I've experienced through purism on the phone realm has not been positive whatsoever. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Like I want the phone to do well. I didn't buy the phone just to like end up shitting on it years later that wasn't like my intention like oh yeah in three years i'm gonna make content just like trashing this device but like people should know there's not much information out there people think and they go on the website it's like you order this phone we'll ship it to you in x amount of weeks that's crap they've been saying they're gonna ship the phone in 52 weeks like two years ago and i still don't have my phone so like no one is really talking about it and we need to talk about that stuff because we can't have we can't sell people on free and open source and privacy and then they just try to do it and then it ten, or it turns out to be terrible and then they have this huge wake up call and then they don't want to engage with the whole community anymore like we need to tell them like this sucks avoid that maybe get this instead this is like okay but here are these problems that's why i like to like just tell people like this is good this isn't good by my opinion at least yeah i mean that is completely ridiculous what if that what if you were like reliant on getting that to be your main phone like you were just getting it to review, presumably, but like some people like actually want to use this as a phone and they'd be waiting three years. What would they be using in the meantime? Yeah. <laughs> it's so see, I, it's silly. And I think what's funny is that if you actually ask that question, most people would say, well, I wasn't actually planning it to daily drive the phone. Yeah. But when you ask people in separate conversations, they'll be like, you can totally daily drive this phone when like you can't. And most people aren't going to daily drive a Linux phone. Like I want these things to do well. I want there to be an alternative to Android. But like what I've tested and reviewed, even with Pine phones, like at least you can order a Pine phone and get one. Mm-hmm. And at least like the price is somewhat reasonable for what you're getting. Um, but it's not something I could ever daily drive. And you know how little I use my phone and how few things I use my phone for. Right. And I still can't daily drive a Pine phone. Mm-hmm. They, and they say that on their own website, too. They say this is for developers. They say it's for testing. Um, Peerism, on the other hand, doesn't really say anything like that. And it's kind of advertised as like a phone. Yeah, I'm not a fan of their marketing. They're really overselling some of their stuff. <laughs> it's funny. I was just yeah. talking to somebody about that the other day, though. It's like the state of Linux phones in general is just, um, it, it it could use a lot of work. It kind of reminds me of like Linux on the desktop 10 years ago. I remember a lot of people uh, 10 years ago would always say like, it's totally usable now as your main device. And it really wasn't at the time. But I think now, like that's a genuine argument that you could make. Um, a lot of people do like daily drive Linux and it works very well and it has pretty good app support. Um, especially even, even like, gaming all the recent like steam deck stuff that's been that's been pushing gaming development forward on linux um so it's it's gotten to the point where those arguments are true but it took like at least a solid decade and i think we're just at the beginning of that with with linux phones i think it's going to be a lot more time before we see 
see them usable for most people. It'll, it'll take a lot of time is what I think. <laughs> Did you hear about the cerebral situation for health data? I've not. What's going on with that? So the markup has been covering this pretty well, especially over on Mastodon, but even in their articles. So pretty much this company, oh, Cerebral. Are they the company that's like selling prescription like Adderall? <laughs> yeah, they're selling health data uh, to pretty much tons of tracking companies. And this ended up impacting here. Let me so get the gets, actual number. So it gets worse this. is what I'm hearing. Because I think they've been in the news before for like their, their advertising on TikTok. If, if it's the same company I'm thinking of. I don't know if it's that one. I, I, I just, I don't remember. Maybe it is. But at least the current story right now is that over 3 million users were impacted by mental health startup. That's oh, yeah, data breach. Data sharing. I don't know if it's even a data breach. It's just like they're straight up sending mental health data to third parties. Uh, this article on which bleeping computer says that they alerted 3 million people of a data breach five hours ago. Ooh. Notice of HIPAA yeah. privacy breach published on Cerebral site this week. It sounds like it is their data sharing. It's um, They had been using invisible pixel trackers from Google, Facebook, and TikTok. Apparently, the, the update here is that it was a... That turned out to be a HIPAA violation, is what it was. So it's technically a data breach in the, in the sense that, um, like, their data has been accessed improperly under HIPAA regulations rather than like an actual breach for hackers have hacked in like they gave it away <laughs> so it's kind of on them but it is like uh from a legal perspective so many like invasive things call themselves HIPAA compliant and I'm always like but is it HIPAA compliant and then you don't really see some of like the really secure and private tools actually try to make that claim because I think that they know that there's always that like risk of something not actually being that secure so I feel like these high security services, like I don't think Signal advertises it's HIPAA compliant, but it most definitely is. That's an interesting question. I wonder if they do consider themselves HIPAA compliant. It's. I don't think so. It's interesting. Um, they don't advertise it themselves, at least. Right. HIPAA is just strange um, in general. There's a lot of like, I mean, they still use fax machines. In the healthcare system because they consider that to be more secure than email for example <laughs> so it's a lot of that kind of stuff where it hasn't uh, really caught up with the times okay i'm reading this article from the hipaa journal it's a whole website dedicated to just hipaa um is signal hipaa compliant it says at the time of publication signal does not enter into business associate agreements with users and that means that the platform is not HIPAA compliant, so should not be used by healthcare organizations for providing telehealth services or for communicating any EPHI. Personal health personal, information. Thank you. With patients or other individuals as Signal is not a HIPAA compliant messaging app. So why, 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 does, why does there have to be a business associate agreement for something to be private or secure for the users? It's just the legal side of things. Right. I, I think it's just legally... Um... Like if a hospital is going to use a service, they probably want a written assurance that the service that they're using is HIPAA compliant and Signal is not going to put that down in writing at the moment. That is probably it. And that makes me sad because like we talk all the time about like, well, we want like privacy regulation and we want like rules and, and legal stuff around this to help protect users and give them more rights because sometimes laws can give individuals more rights. <laughs> and like 
this is one of those situations where the people that go regulation doesn't work definitely have a valid point. And it's when it's done like this, when these regulations are done so poorly, that doesn't really make much sense to the end user. And it might not be helping them because instead of people using, you know, signal to communicate with their, their therapist, which might be much more secure, they might be using Zoom, which I believe is HIPAA compliant. Yep, Zoom complies with the provisions of the HIPAA security rule that are required and applicable to it in its capacity as a business associate. So makes sense. Like, like just because Zoom has like the legal stuff taken care of, now people are going to use Zoom instead of using probably a better platform for most people like Signal, which is really sad. I guess that's definitely a valid point for people. Like we shouldn't over rely on regulation, but I still think it's an important step. Like, I think we can agree that even though HIPAA isn't great, it's better that we have HIPAA than if we don't have <laughs> yeah, HIPAA. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, actually, because I think uh, <laughs> like if you think about, um, I think probably healthcare records and like student records are probably the most regulated um, sectors in terms of like data privacy and security. And there's a lot of like investment into those, into security solutions in those spaces that we don't really see a lot of um, in other businesses and other areas of technology. Like uh, most businesses would probably be fine just chatting with you on WhatsApp or something like that. Um, instead of finding like a compliant uh, solution that protects their customer's privacy. Because without that regulation, you know, <laughs> there's no reason to care about it at all. Matrix must be HIPAA compliant though, I would imagine, because I know they have a lot of like government contacts, right? And they're, but, yeah, and they're but using a lot of HIPAA spaces. HIPAA is in the US though, and right. I haven't seen a US Matrix thing. So let me look. I've seen, I want to say I've seen some U.S. government agencies um, looking at Matrix, but I can't name them off the top of my head. NATO is. It took me a second to remember. Uh, <laughs> remember that, but I but I guess they're not American. It's kind of an international organization, but something. There's an article on Matrix.org that talks about GDPR compliance. Uh, Matrix is like not a great brand name from a search engine perspective. yeah it's, it's not well searched it's so hard to find anything about matrix and even synapse i usually have to type in matrix synapse in both of those terms together get the job done but like either one of them it's really hard to find information about i believe it i just typed is matrix protocol hipaa compliant and i'm getting something about matrixcare.com which is <laughs> I, I don't even know what it is and then there's the matrix.org gdpr compliance and then there's some westfax.com HIPAA compliant fax API. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, they, they love their fax the machines. <laughs> <laughs> Element does have a page on their site that says that they provide secure collaboration for healthcare. I would imagine, I don't see anything about HIPAA specifically, but I'd imagine they're pretty European focused. So I guess that makes sense. What were you saying about in chat earlier about Microsoft Edge. So on Chromium, I don't know if this is, I think it's baked into Chromium, like the profile support, like you can have different profiles in Chromium. Um, either way, it's found in like Google Chrome, I believe Google Chrome has that. Has and then you also for have sure. Brave that has that Edge. I assume that it's baked into Chromium. So pretty much in Brave, you can have different profiles, um, which are nice. So you can have like a profile for personal stuff or work stuff or school stuff, and it's all with the same browser. I know that Brave's the profiles are exactly the same as Chrome's. Is, do you know if Edge is the... I've never used Microsoft Edge, really, so I don't know if their profiles are the same, but... I haven't used Profiles in Edge, so I couldn't tell yeah. you. 
but just wondering. I assume it has to work similarly because yeah, the sure. way that the functionality, the, what I'm about to get to speaks to the functionality, like the same issue that they resolve. So I assume it's similar because with Brave, you can have these three profiles. And then let's say you have your school profile open last and you quit your browser. Um, if you open a link someone sends you on Signal, it's going to automatically default open to the last used profile. In this case, it'd be school. But let's say like you want a default profile to be your your more secure one or your personal one. And you don't want your your web traffic to be tied in the same profile. You can't do that. Um, Brave now allows you when you open it for the first time, it has a checkbox that says open like the open a window on startup so you can select a profile when you open Brave for the first time. But you can't have like certain domains open in one profile or like a default profile that everything opens. And I actually opened a GitHub issue on Brave and that one has been getting some attention, which is cool. But I learned because of someone that posted on that GitHub issue that Edge actually has this whole functionality built into it. So Microsoft Edge, um, you can have a default profile. So no matter what link you click when your browser is closed, all links open in one profile which is really cool because then you can default to like the more private and secure profile, which is more of like maybe a, a bland profile with nothing tied to it. And then from there, you can maybe migrate to a different profile depending on what the content is. And then you can also set custom domain rules, kind of like how Firefox containers works, I believe, where you can have like certain domains open in one profile or in a different profile. And that's an edge specific functionality, which is really neat. So that is we'll brave hops on that. I hope they do because because that would be a killer feature, really, if they could if they could have the domain list like that. It'd pretty much, in my view, be like the best of both worlds between Chromium profiles and then Firefox containers. I prefer, we, we always talk about this, but like I prefer the implementation of Chromium profiles over Firefox containers, but I know you and Tori prefer Firefox containers. Yeah, but I don't like multiple windows, you know, so... It's just a usability Fair. thing mostly, but the but the ability to open certain domains in in containers is nice. That I'm still missing on all Chromium browsers that I've tried, except Edge, I guess. But I don't think I'm gonna switch to Microsoft Edge. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, what browser? You're always trying out weird browsers. So you're using Arc. I am still using Arc. Yeah. Arc. Mm -hmm. That's the only browser you're using. That's the only browser I'm using because I only use my laptop so it's it's mac os only unfortunately but how's it been it's been it's been great and i just figured out i was telling you i just figured out how to uh use multiple profiles in arc which i apparently was a thing for a long time but i never knew about so <laughs> i finally got like everything separated um into into different profiles that's cool but i but it doesn't have that functionality where i can like choose to open Facebook, for example, in like a profile that's only for Facebook that can't access my cookies and all my other profiles. I can't do that yet. So um, having that feature like Edge has would be super nice. Did you see the South Park privacy episode? Kind of privacy <laughs> I episode. did watch that, yeah. It's, it's more funny because I was like just watching, uh, I think it was a 60 Minutes interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle the other week so i did think that episode was pretty funny just because <laughs> they're kind of ridiculous yeah. in my opinion i wish it was more about like privacy privacy but i still think like the whole concept was really funny and the funniest part for me was like all of the out of context clips from it it's like we want our privacy <laughs> and like like out of context it's like oh we have so much b-roll now for our content because like we we like to throw in clips like that occasionally that are 
like privacy specific. Um, I, I've fallen behind on it, but for those watching, we have a media log back here of like episodes and timestamps from certain episodes from like TV shows that we can use in content. So when you see things like, you know, a Simpsons clip or a South Park clip or um, any kind of like TV show, those are normally things that we log along the way so that we can use them for different situations. Fallen behind on it, but I have a few I need to add there. <laughs> I do think it, I th I thought it was an interesting episode though. Like, um, it, I think it's more common than they make it out to be where people like claim that they want privacy, but they also try to call as much attention to themselves as possible. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a social media thing in general. So I think it's more applicable than just them, but you know, I agree. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Like it is very global and it even happens in the privacy community sometimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't name names, but like certain people have like reached out to us and been like, you better not talk about us. And it's like, we weren't planning on talking <laughs> about you. And then they make an ass of themselves anyway. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, like you literally dug yourself into like the deepest hole possible. Right. And like, you're now like, oh, I want privacy. Leave me alone. And it's like, everyone's leaving you alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> F-Droid got faster, smaller updates for a new repo format, which is cool. Oh, I did not so hear big. about that. Interesting. Yeah, I was always like weirded out by it. It took like, you know, on fiber internet, just to refresh some repos, you know, you're looking at like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bizarre. <laughs> so I'm glad to see some improvements there. Have you, uh, have you looked into the quad nine court ruling in Germany at all? I was following the quad nine stuff when nate interviewed them on our channel so i know kind of like the basis of the lawsuit and i read the headline of what happened yeah and it doesn't seem like good news yeah i just wonder where they're gonna go from from there aren't they appealing it they're continuing to still yeah. pursue that yeah right? for sure um i mean i know one of the people behind quad nine kind of like an internet acquaintance and uh they, i think that they're they're pretty dedicated to making sure this isn't a thing <laughs> that stays um, relevant in the courts. So I, I'm sure that they're going to appeal it. It's just, uh, it's kind of weird that, um, that they lost it in the first place. Yeah, I agree. Because it's such a weird um, interpretation by the courts of, of DNS technology. I agree. For those listening, if, if, mistake me, or correct me if I get this wrong, but um, Sony wanted quad nine to take down a domain because of piracy or whatever and then quad nine said no we're not going to like restrict web traffic because of a, a company wanting us to shut down or restrict traffic or filter traffic and um so apparently they just lost quad nine lost this case um but they're appealing it is that yeah that's that's pretty much what has what has happened it sounds like sony isn't going after the actual like copyright infringers like they're not going after the web host in question here they're only going after like these dns providers like quad nine i don't know if they're going after other dns providers or why they singled out quad nine specifically um, but that's the concern is that this is going to set a dangerous precedent that now you can start going after dns providers and right. having them filter out web traffic and absolutely and it's such a weird the... concept to me like it doesn't even make <laughs> sense but yeah it's it's kind of a, a sad update for sure um, and I know we've received some angry, not we have received them, but like I've seen some like comments on it in our communities of people who are pretty pissed about this. Yeah. It is a pretty <laughs> gnarly ruling, definitely a shift, but 
did you hear about like Twitter hasn't responded to like literally any uh, transparency reports in months? Interesting. Years. What kind of transparency reports were um, they doing? The ones before? where they were they were reporting how often there were um, government data grabs on the platform. I mean, I know they so, don't have a PR department anymore. Well, yeah, because every single yeah, every single article you read is like <laughs> we reached out to Twitter for comment, but they no longer have a PR department. Like, <laughs> it seems like journalists really love to point out that fact. So I've heard that a lot. <laughs> every everything Elon Musk does doesn't have PR. It's right. just him. It's just him. <laughs> um, it's funny because like back in the day, it's like and still to this day, like what the Tesla people are always saying is like you have to like. Oh, I don't know. You have to check Twitter to see like what's going on with Tesla because it's you just follow Elon Musk to get updates on what's going on with the company of Tesla, and now like he just bought Twitter instead, and so now it's just like Twitter is his own PR department in a way, which is weird. <laughs> Do you think we're just gonna see this in a tweet form at some point? Like I would imagine right now they're not publishing <laughs> it because he doesn't know that transparency that transparency reports exist. But I feel like somebody someday is gonna tell Elon like, hey. You haven't published these transparency month reports in like a year at some point. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, better, better write on a quick <laughs> tweet about this. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just get yeah. an Elon tweet at like <laughs> 10 at night or something. No government, no governments have access to Twitter or something. Yeah. You know, the funniest thing is that's still better than what Telegram does. <laughs> <laughs> just have an empty channel. <laughs> yeah, just an empty channel with nothing on it, even though like it's come out several times now that Telegram has handed over data to use to governments. Just to quickly cover the Twitter thing, um, their last transparency report was published in July of 2022 and covered the last six months of 2021. Um, so it seems like they do like the last half of the year before. So it's been like almost a year now since they've done any transparency report. And what that includes is the amount of data requests done by the government uh, for Twitter user data. So Interesting. Yeah. Um, I hope that resumes. Actually, more on browsers. I'm, I was a little upset because I, you know, I'm all about, like, digital minimalism, and so I have uh -huh. uh, my, uh, my... Oh, he's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've heard about this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, like, pretty much what... The main place where I get everything on my phone is Signal, my browser, my RSS feed, and my podcast app. Mm -hmm. And I'm really bummed that despite my RSS feed and my podcast app relying on the same damn technology, they're not the same app. Because a lot of RSS feeds don't seem to account for podcasts, and podcast apps don't account for traditional like article RSS feeds, which is a bummer. Um, and then I was looking at Brave, because Brave actually allows you to add custom RSS feeds, and it would sync across clients. Except it doesn't. Um, so if you add a custom RSS link on mobile, it doesn't sync to desktop. Huh. Isn't that the most bizarre thing you've ever does heard? It, does it sync the other way around? No. It's, so there's there's no, no sync at all. There's no sync at all between like Brave's new, Brave News. It, it's sad because Brave News, they, they try to advertise it as like this custom RSS feed mixed with like real articles from and when i say real i mean like it's coming from like the native source like you can subscribe to new york times you can subscribe to all these articles uh, you can even subscribe to genres and then you can even add your own custom rss but it doesn't sync between your 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 clients and so i was because i was trying to pretty much eliminate my podcast app and my rss feed app and just combine it all into my browser mm -hmm. Because it has RSS feed support. Right. And it was the most ridiculous thing ever to learn that, like, you really can't do that. 
And so I'm waiting for someone to be able to like, ideally via a web-based format so we can keep this a web app, allow me to like listen to podcasts and RSS feeds because that would be amazing for me. That would be nice. Have you considered opening a GitHub issue on Brave about it? <laughs> I have not, um, but mainly because I found on their forum in October 2022, someone did post about this saying sync new sources across devices. Mm -hmm. And then someone responded saying, point one, you already can customize your new sources. Nothing to do with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with yeah. Point two, you need to go, you need, you need to go insulting. I think there's a typo. Because um, in the original post, someone says, I do not need, trust, or want to read the absolute garbage from any of the sources you offer. Valid complaint, because some of the sources they offer are pretty garbage. Okay. But yeah, it was, it's, a little, it's a little much for the community request, so I, I, I'll get that. Um, and the third point, syncing across devices doesn't exist, at least not for news. But as I said, you can add custom feeds and remove news sources. <laughs> Not like it's hard to find, just have to go through settings and customization. On every single and device then, you have. <laughs> yeah, on every device. So if someone has five devices and they have 30 RSS feeds that they're subscribed to, you have to manually add all of them. By the way, you, I don't believe, don't, I, I, I don't think I was able to do it, but I don't think I was able to import an OPML file. Hmm. And I don't know if it's because the functionality was missing or because it just didn't properly import. I think it actually errored out when I imported it. So I don't know if that was a brave issue or if that was an issue from my RSS client. But I had to manually input every RSS link manually into Brave. <laughs> and then I discovered the hard way you can't sync it to desktop. And then I was like, well, time to undo everything that I just did. So <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, but I'm glad they have more uh, cryptocurrency wallet collaborations that they keep making blog posts. Oh, about. great. I think it's kind of a shame that Brave, um, that their crypto has no like privacy attributes at all, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it's just like, like it's a, just a standard. It's an Ethereum, Ethereum token. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's weird that they went in that direction. Like, even if you're going to make your own crypto just to shill it in your browser, you could go the signal route. And at least make a crypto that is based on, like, Monero's privacy technology or something. <laughs> at minimum, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they're both just, like, I, I think Brave just thought, like, oh, we're going to make money off of it anyway. And it's probably harder to, like, do what Brave wants to do with privacy in mind. Yeah, I'm sure. I assume. Um, so that, I'm, I'm not justifying it. It's just that's probably what they're doing. The signal thing's crazy. Um, just... I, I believe uh, one of the people in our in our chat they quoted, was it CoinDeck or some cryptocurrency news outlet that estimated they raised like over twenty million dollars from from MobileCoin. Oh yeah, I did see that. I thought it was like a hundred twenty. Was it a hundred? <laughs> I thought it was like a, a like a good amount. Yeah, one hundred and seven million dollars is what yeah someone quoted. Crazy. And actually, yeah. And what I wanted to ask, and this actually was that's why this discussion started um simple x that signal al alternative I, I don't even know what to call messengers that just try to copy signal and remove the phone number requirement at this point um but simple x has vc funding apparently yeah i heard about that um i don't know what to think about that it's kind of the same reaction i had to bitwarden's vc funding announcement which was like, okay, I don't. What's your monetization strategy here? But but Bitwarden has a monetization. And they, strategy. And they do. They do. They have like business 
uh, plans and stuff like that. Um, and even for personal, like a lot of people pay for Bitwarden because it's cheap and there's actually like enticing features to upgrade for. Mm-hmm. But Simple X, what's, how are they going to make money? It's hard for me to come up with a way for them to monetize that. And I don't know, where did, did they announce that in like a blog post or something? It was literally just a Reddit comment. That's the the downside. Someone linked right. just a Reddit comment that the developer or whoever runs Simple X made. That's what I was kind of wondering. Like, funding. Yeah, it, it was a weird announcement. It was like six days ago. They just said, we also raised a small pre-seed investment from Angels slash VC. We will be covering it soon. And that seems to be how they announced it. Just a, ran- a reply to a random Reddit thread. Weird. I haven't used Simple X that much. I can tell you I'm a fan of it in the sense that I have used it for at least a couple days with some people and it works um like infinitely better than session which I'm <laughs> not a fan of <laughs> so <laughs> so in that sense I am a I am a fan of simplex I think if I knew other people that also use simplex um I would actually use it and enjoy using it but I don't see a need to switch people that I chat with to simplex and i don't really see its advantage over signal for my personal use so i'm not gonna like switch everything to it anytime soon in fairness to session they finally released landscape support for the ipad (laughs) really so when you have your ipad in keyboard (laughs) mode you're not tilting your head why did they choose the name simple x i type simple x into all my search engines and there's already a very established simple x that's a whole cryptocurrency exchange or something yeah like so they've already got all the seo done and simplex is like a word it's just like a generic word (laughs) so like at at best you're competing for search engine results and at worst people are gonna think you're this like weird scammy web3 crypto exchange yeah i feel like they will probably rebrand they're going to run into the same issue that Matrix did with Riot, which was a terrible <laughs> brand. And I, and Matrix hasn't uh, changed any of their like official organization branding, of course, but I think Element was a, was a good move for them. <laughs> and maybe SimpleX will have to do something like that. I don't know. Throwback to when I, when I mentioned C Templar, they literally like lost people's data on their accounts. They just, people just woke up, logged in, their emails were gone. And they had to go on Reddit, the subreddit of, of C Templar, to figure that out. And then when C Templar shut down, I think that was also posted on Reddit. If, I, I could be wrong about that. And maybe there were blogs made about it, but literally every PSA and all of the discussions around it happened on Reddit, which gives me like... Yeah. It's not. C Templar for me was a huge lesson. I, I didn't... We actually did use C Templar... For just like a t- for team accounts, we have like three team accounts that we share. Mainly just Tori and I because we have like our you know our subscription that we use for our our team subscription that we don't share that we use for our music because that wouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and like other things like sound effects and things like that. And so we we lost our C Templar account. I just had to transition the email to something else for like two or three accounts. But either way, like C Templar didn't have much of a history. They didn't, they did have a public team, but either way, like it, it was always kind of an iffy service. Even when we covered C Templar before the shutdown, we always kind of said like 
we're still kind of watching this unfold because they lost people's data. Things don't seem to be super professionally run. And then the service just disappeared. And so for me, it speaks to like, uh, at this point, I only use like super long-term things where like I know it's going to exist in several years because I don't want to like move all my data and transition people to things or even my own stuff and then figure out like, oh yeah, well, they lost my data or they're just going to disappear in six months. I don't know how people, I think there's like NT.io or something, which is a Google yeah, Photos alternative. Yeah, I've heard of that. Can you imagine switching away from Google Photos to NT.io, moving all of your photos from your entire life and... Look, may maybe they will be around in a year, but what if they just disappear in a year? It's really then it's what? really hard with all these services because you never know, <laughs> like yeah. whether they'll be around. That is annoying. Yeah, it is annoying, and like I I don't know what that speaks to, but either way, like that's why I'm always like, I'm very like careful now with where I like trust where where I put my trust in terms of sustainability in the long run. I should say more HP firmware updates. Is that the printers? I think I saw yeah. that post on Macedon. <laughs> the breaking third-party inks. Oh, that's so ridiculous. So fun. We should no. We should just stay on Macedon and just keep refreshing, um, Nate's feed, <laughs> and we just talk about each thing that comes up every ten minutes. The new oil. It's a really. It is a really great news source. I will say. I don't know where yeah. he finds all these articles, and if he's like manually posting all of these i don't know what he i don't know what his process is honestly but he should it's ai it's ai it's ai yeah <laughs> github is making 2fa mandatory for active developers i saw that i think we talked about that before but that's cool i think more services should uh should do that should really just be a requirement everywhere i agree i i'm all for like 2fa mandatory on the accounts at this point i don't, I don't see the harm as long as they offer like decent 2fa i don't want mandatory sms 2FA. <laughs> yeah. but like if they offer like yubikey support sms and totp and they give users the option of using any of them i think it should be mandatory because there's no good reason not to offer that to users i don't i don't see a reason oh i guess we kind of talked about it but not really and it's been a while um because it just i'm seeing it here now um so signals blog article uh, <laughs> about <laughs> like signals for everyone oh, yeah. you said you didn't read it but i just to summarize it it's pretty much like it's really hard here at signal people are asked for different things we are trying to build the app for everybody and we can't build an app for everybody that's kind of like the takeaway it was kind of an interesting article it felt like defensive but not but not really defending against any particular accusation or anything so it was, it was just a weird article yeah um then there's signal in the uk that's like a whole thing have you been following that? I've seen a couple things about it. I haven't really been following it. Is it about their like encryption bills? Yeah, UK is trying to pass like a online safety bill. Yeah, which of course is trying to get rid of end-to-end. -end. It's, it's exactly what it's not doing. I, I, um, I think that's the case for most bills. I I heard somebody <laughs> say recently, like you could just take the opposite of the bill's title in, and that's usually what the bill's about. <laughs> Online safety Honestly, bill is yeah. trying to make it as <laughs> as unsafe as possible. Pretty much, but yeah. So signals like yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna leave the UK if you guys pass this. And actually, some good news and one of the few times where it's nice to have a massive, invasive, terrible company that has an end-to-end -end encrypted platform is is actually Facebook because WhatsApp also announced that they're going to like not 
comply with this if it happens. So at least we have like Facebook also on this side of the, the battle as well. It's nice to have that company on our side of things for this one fight. Yeah, for this one specific thing. That is interesting. I didn't see that. So that's that is cool. Well, that was kind of our chit chat uh, of us covering, I guess, different topics, privacy and security news. If you guys want to see less vague discussions, uh, you can leave topic ideas down in the description unless you all don't have any. Um, which I find hard to believe because there's so many fun things to talk about. And definitely check out what methods of supporting us here at TechLord down in the description as well. Patreon is great for that. Patreon.com slash TechLord is one of like the best ways to support us. And it keeps our content for free to all of you. And I want to thank Jonah for being here. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time for TechLord Talks 8.